see my Savior's hands. The title says it all. Pastor Will Whedon, author of the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for March, See My Savior's Hands. In pictures and words, we follow Jesus' story by watching his hands, from childhood to his baptism, from his healings and miracles all the way to the cross, from his resurrection to his ascension. We'll see that his hands are always active at work to bring us blessing. Learn more and purchase See My Savior's Hands, a book for children ages 4 through 7 at issuesetc.org. The pastors we spoke to, we, we want to thank all the religious leaders from every community of faith in the country. The chorus of prayers that is coming up from communities of faith around the country is making the difference that it always has in the life of this nation. These are the things that were said of Lutherans during, during plagues in the 15, 16, and 1700s. That they took care of people, that they did not abandon their communities, that they showed the cross of Christ. And COVID is an opportunity to do that again. The problem is that history in schools won't talk about the history of Marxism. And so students are unable to place Marxism and socialism in any historical context. He does have control of absolutely everything, but you just cannot see it. That's okay. You can see him. Australian Lutheran pastors love listening to Issues Etc. while driving through the outback, dodging kangaroos. It is an odd little account there in the Gospel of Luke. It's found nowhere else. It has some parallels with other accounts. Jesus is passing through. A man who is too short to see above the crowd is anxious to see Jesus. He climbs a tree, and Jesus immediately makes a beeline for him, invites himself over to this man's house, and then proclaims at the end, salvation has come to this house. Why was Zacchaeus so anxious to see Jesus, and why was Jesus even more anxious to bring that salvation to Zacchaeus and his entire household? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc., coming to you live from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio in Collinsville, Illinois. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker on that account in Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus. We'll be talking with Tom Brecka, founder, president, and chief counsel for the Thomas More Society, about David DeLayden's upcoming jury trial. Dr. Alvin Schmidt joins us to discuss Mormonism's founder, Joseph Smith's political career. He actually did run for president and had some pretty startling ideas about what to do with the nation. Then we'll do listener email and the Issues Etc. comment line in the last half hour of the program. That email address, talkback at issuesetc.org, and the comment line number, 618-223-8382. Joining us to teach a Sunday School lesson on Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, Pastor Tom Baker, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, Tom met monthly to prepare his Sunday School teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. Why was Zacchaeus so anxious to get a look at Jesus? Well, that's a good question. And uh, I I believe the Concordia Publishing House material, Enduring Faith, does give a possible answer that he was just curious. And they're probably more right than others who say, well, we don't have any answer at all. Because if you look at verse 3, It says, and as he was seeking Jesus to see who Jesus was. 
the Greek word used for seeking, uh, zateo, means more than just to look for someone. It actually has the idea to find out about reasoning, to inquire into someone, to strive after someone. And I'm sure Zacchaeus, being as well known as he was, knew about the many miracles of Jesus and perhaps even some of his words. So he probably, as the Sunday School material points out, curious, who is he? What does he look like? What's he going to say? Now, what's interesting is that he is going up in a tree to seek Jesus and find him, but it's Jesus who finds him, reminding us of a couple of things. That's how Jesus got the disciple Matthew, also a tax collector, and it's one of the great parables of Jesus, the lost sheep, that he goes out to find the lost sheep. And this would be a real human example of what Jesus was talking about in that parable. So tell us the story. It's a familiar one, but tell us the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. Yes. We begin by hearing that Zacchaeus is a tax collector. And it's interesting that the word Zacchaeus of Hebrew means pure. Isn't that interesting? He's pure. He was not considered pure by the Jews of that time because he was a tax collector. The Romans were really smart. They hired, when they would go and conquer a land, they hired the people who lived in that land to do their work. And they hired Jews to collect taxes. Now, the Romans insisted on a certain amount. Let's say you owed, in our day and age, we'll say $100 a month. Well, the tax collector would tell you, you owe 120 or it could be 200 because the tax collectors were permitted by the Romans to add on money for their own selves. And therefore, that's another reason they were hated. Not only were they collecting money for those terrible Romans who had conquered Israel, but they were also collecting more than they had to. So Zacchaeus, and this was the town of Jericho, was probably really well known, but he probably was one of the most hated men in that town. So when we get to verse 3, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Verse 2 reminds us that he was a chief among the tax collectors. And that's kind of interesting. So he was a top tax collector. But he was short in stature. That means he wasn't very tall. And therefore the crowd was often in his way. So what he did, he ran on ahead of the crowd. Talk about good planning. 
and climbed into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, uh, presumably as he would be passing by. Now, a sycamore tree is uh, a tree that is obviously found in Palestine. It's uh, probably a mulberry tree that we call today. But at any rate, he was climbing up on it, and he was about to see Jesus because it says, for he was about to pass that way. Verse 5, chapter 19 of Luke. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and get this, said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Now, these two had never met before. And one wonders why Jesus says that. Now, the, the phraseology, I must stay at your house today, it's the Greek word dei. It is necessary for me to stay at your house today. It's the same word Jesus used on the way to the cross. It was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. And, and remember when Lazarus died, uh, he did not die that far from Jerusalem. The disciples did not want him to go because they knew that some of the leading Pharisees and Jews were out to kill him. And so don't go. But it was necessary for him to go, not only to raise Lazarus from the dead, but also to be able to be in a position so that he could be put to death on the cross. So this is kind of important. I must stay at your house today. It's another example how Jesus is divine. He's divine in oftentimes he does not use his various gifts of being divine, like omniscience, knowing the past, knowing the future, being almighty, and being everywhere. But here, he must stay at the house. And we're going to find out in a few verses why he says that. So, Zacchaeus must have been astonished because not only did Jews not like tax collectors, much the same way that Samaritans and Jews would not hang around together. Remember, we studied this not long ago, Jesus with the woman at the Samaritan well. And even she was surprised that he asked her, a woman, a Samaritan, for a drink. And John had explained there, because Samaritans have no dealings with Jews and vice versa. And the disciples would have been astonished. Well, I'm sure they were astonished of all the people that Jesus could have spoken to, why would he talk to this tax collector? But Zacchaeus made haste. He hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Now, this idea of receiving him joyfully, 
he couldn't imagine why Jesus, a well-known teacher, many considered him a prophet, would want to be at the home of a tax collector. That's why he didn't stay on the ground, because he didn't think he had a chance of being able to talk to Jesus, but he went up in a tree. It would be like you're hearing that the Pope or the President of the United States or the governor is coming to town and he's going to be in the parade. Well, you don't go out in the center of the parade to meet him. <laughs> you're not going to get a handshake. You stay up on the sidewalk or on a balcony or something like this. So he hurried and came down joyfully. He was very happy. Now, when they saw it. Now, who do you think they is? Well, that's the people. When they saw it, they all grumbled. Why? Well, Luke explains it. They were grumbling that he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Notice, they don't say tax collector, but sinner. It's from the word hamartia. There's different words for sin, but this one I, I really enjoy. If you're shooting at a target with an arrow and you have a hamartia, guess what happens? You not only miss the bullseye, you miss the target. You fall short on the ground. And so he is a real sinner in their minds, and here this Jesus is coming to visit him and be his guest. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson in Luke 19, the story of Jesus going to the house of Zacchaeus. Stay tuned. Who was it, everybody? Who was it, everybody? It was Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for March is for children ages 4 through 7. See My Savior's Hands is written by Issues Etc. regular guest, Pastor Will Whedon. Learn more about See My Savior's Hands at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040. See how Jesus' hands tell the story of his life, death, resurrection, and love for us in See My Savior's Hands, a great Easter gift for young children, grandchildren, and godchildren. See My Savior's Hands. Lutheran Federal Credit Union serves the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod community with car and personal loans, mortgages, credit cards, checking and savings accounts, Lutheran FCU supports LCMS organizations with its Spotlight Ministry program, and Lutheran Federal Credit Union allows you to make purchases with Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung Pay using your digital wallet. Learn more at LutheranFCU.org. Good for you. Good for the church. Lutheran Federal Credit Union. LutheranFCU.org. Still proclaiming the Word of God during a global pandemic, you are listening to Issues Etc., 
This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're journeying on in Hebrews, Jesus, source of eternal salvation, warning against falling away, a sure and steadfast anchor, Melchizedek, and an indestructible life. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand at thewordendures.org and on the Lutheran Public Radio app. Overnight, the world has become a strange place. The abnormal has become the new normal. Listen to chapel services live weekday mornings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Every faithful little church is an ark of salvation. With Christ on board, we will get safely to the other side. Be of good courage. Morning Chapel. From Kramer Chapel, live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson on Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel is our guest. So, Tom, pick up where you left off in this story. Yes. So, Zacchaeus comes down, and he stands before Jesus. Now, there are some translations that say he stopped. And there's no doubt he stopped, but he's standing before Jesus, and that means he's going to say something very important. And what does he say? He says to the Lord... Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. That kind of reminds us of another passage in Luke, Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. It's John the baptizer encouraging repentance. And the crowds ask him, what then shall we do? Now, 11 on, he talks about a tax collector. He answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more then you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. So maybe Zacchaeus had heard the words of John the baptizer, or he is so impressed with the kindness of Jesus, and who knows how much he had heard either about Jesus or from Jesus, that he now is motivated by the Holy Spirit to follow through with the second table of the law. The first table is about God. You shall have no other gods. Remember my name, keep it holy, and follow the Sabbath. The second table is the neighbor, continuing with a murder, adultery, stealing, etc. 
So Zacchaeus recognizes that he's going to give half of his goods to the poor. That's already what John the baptizer has encouraged. And if he's defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Now the words of Jesus in reply to that are very important. And we're looking at verse 9 of Luke chapter 19. Jesus says to them, Today salvation has come to this house. In other words, today, whatever day it was. But what does that mean? Some commentators think that Jesus is saying that Zacchaeus is saved today, that that's what is meant, that that is the salvation he's talking about. But the word for salvation here is also referring to none other than Jesus himself. When you go to a worship service, Jesus, your salvation, is there. He is the one who baptizes the infant. Oh, you thought the pastor did? No, the pastor has no power to save any infant. But through baptism, God uses the pastor's voice, his hands, and the water, and God accomplishes the gift as Peter reminds us in Acts chapter 2, that in baptism, even an infant receives the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, when Jesus says salvation has come to this house, I believe he's talking about himself, that he's come to the house of Zacchaeus. The next point is really important. It's translated in the King James, which I like, for as much as he is also a son of Abraham. The other translations either say because he too is a son of Abraham or since he is also a son of Abraham. Now, there's two ways to interpret son of Abraham. It could mean that he's somehow just attached to Abraham because he's Jewish. He's related to Abraham. But if you take a look at Romans chapter 9 through 11, Paul makes a really big distinction between the two Israels. The ones are sons of Abraham by flesh. They're only related to him. But the others are sons of Abraham by promise. They're related through Isaac in believing the promises of God. So the Sunday school teachers should look at the Sunday school students, and it doesn't matter what they are from, what nation they're from, what color they are, whatever. If they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if they trust the promises of the forgiveness of sins and heaven as their home, they are sons of Abraham. And they may ask, but when did Jesus 
come to me. That's where you would bring in not only their baptism, but also there's an opportunity to encourage the baptism of Sunday school children who may be visiting and even talk to the parents afterwards that baptism is available. Verse 10 really brings it together. For the Son of Man, and that's a title that Jesus often uses, came to seek and to save the lost. Now, why did he do that? You go back to his parable. In order to pick up the sheep on his shoulders and carry it home, which he did for every one of us believers as he picked up our sins, put them on his shoulders, carried them to the cross, and paid for them. We need to help every Sunday school student understand that in God's eyes, they also are Zacchaeus, who he loved even before they came to faith. With a minute then, Tom, what's the simple long gospel of this familiar story of Jesus and Zacchaeus? I believe the simple law is that God really shouldn't love us because of our sin. The gospel is, but he does love us. In fact, he loves even unbelievers. And very important to understand that before Zacchaeus promised to return wealth that he had probably stolen, God already loved him and wanted to eat at his house, which God does for every Sunday school student, even when they're in church or at the dinner table as they say a prayer of thanks to Jesus for giving them the food that they need. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Find out more about Law and Gospel on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Tom, thank you very much. And thank you. We'll be talking about David Delighton's upcoming jury trial in California with Tom Brecka, founder, president, and chief counsel of the Thomas More Society. It's a national public interest law firm that is representing David Delighton. Delighton has been through a civil trial, and he was ruled against. Now he enters a criminal trial. We'll find out what it's all about and how it's related next. In 1939, the British Army received an Enigma machine that helped them crack the secret Nazi codes in World War II. In the March issue of The Lutheran Witness, the Reverend Sam Schultheitz writes about the Screwtape Letters, a book written by C.S. Lewis, a type of Enigma machine for deciphering the temptations of Satan. Read the March issue of The Lutheran Witness to learn more about the Screwtape Letters and how Satan tempts us today. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective. cph.org witness. 
Have you ever wondered if your investments could do more? I mean, a whole lot more? This is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. When you invest with us, you not only earn a competitive interest rate, but your investment goes to strengthen Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations through low-cost loans and services. To learn more, visit lcef.org backslash invest101. Hi, this is Pastor Eric Lang of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Gresham, Oregon. One thing I've asked of the Lord, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Mount Hood, Multnomah Falls, the Oregon coast. Oregon is beautiful, but nothing compares to the beauty of the Lord's house. If you are vacationing in the Portland area, please come join us at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Gresham, where the liturgy lives and God's people worship as one. For more information, go to wherethelitergylives.org. Your sun-bleached felt church banners have seen better days. Held together with staples and superglue, they are a monument to Aunt Mabel's pastel-toned creativity from 1960. But it's time for a refresh. Ad Crucem has the solution that doesn't even need a Sharpie. We proudly offer Scapegoat Studios creations as well as Ad Crucem's original banners. Come and browse our wide selection of seasonal church banners. We also create banners and church signs to your design. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Sanctifying your child rearing with the Word of God. You're listening to Issues Etc. Come and experience firsthand by sitting down in classes and actually hearing professors. Coming to chapel, which is always the high point of the day, to hear the Word of God and to lift your voices in song. Issues Etc. regular guest Dr. Paul Grimm on why you should consider visiting Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana spend time talking to professors. I mean, there's not a professor here who will not be willing to, to take time, whether it's after chapel during the coffee hour or just to come into one's study and, and sit down and talk for a while, to answer questions, to you know, help them to get a sense of, A, you know, do they want to be a pastor or a deaconess? And then B, is this the right place? And well, maybe C would be the question, is now the right time for them to make that decision? If you've contemplated the vocation of pastor or deaconess, contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or send an email to admission at ctsfw.edu.